Four minutes it is after 8 p.m. And uh, we go into our second phase of our uh, business wrap. And uh, we continue with that story of uh, the draft business rescue plan uh, to uh, turn around the fortunes of our national carrier, the uh, South African Airways Group. And uh, a journalist at MoneyWeb. Good evening to you and welcome. Good evening, Arvong, and thank you for having me. Debuha, I want us maybe to, uh, I guess when we think about the start-off here, uh, just the broad strokes of the plan here. I mean, if there's maybe one or two things I took from from what I was able to read, um, I guess the first relates to uh, what's going to happen to the massive debt on the balance sheet of SAA and uh, the role Mm. that government might have to play there. The second issue is, uh, I guess, uh, how... Um, you know, the the new airline is going to be structured and uh, more importantly, the mechanics of transferring the assets and the operations of SAA to the new entity. Um, And I guess the sort of the uh, presence, if at all, of any private sector players there. What do you make of this plan? Uh, And more importantly, I guess some of its implications from an operational perspective. So what we know um, from the draft rescue plan is that um, the BRPs need, um, they say they need 4.6 billion rand towards the development of a new airline. Um, The initial 2 billion rand will go towards restructuring the airline, while the other 2 billion will go towards retrenchment packages. Um, The remaining 600 million, when we go um, go down to speaking about lenders, um, will go to concurrent creditors, and these are people with unsecured claims um, in SAA. And this will be paid over a period of three years and the debt can also then possibly be converted into equity should the three-year period lapse and SAA is unable to cover that cost in that period. Now for the secured lenders, um, there's a 16.4 billion rand allocation that was made in the February budget already for government guaranteed loans and interest in SAA. And this money covers all the money that was owed by SAA to um, some of our big banks prior to the business rescue process taking place and as well as the 5.5 billion rand that was given in post funding. Um, and this will also then be paid over a period of three years, starting with the first payment from um, the end of this month. Now, one of, I think for me personally, the problems that I saw with the, um, um, with the plan or one of the things that sort of stood out for me in the plan was that, you know, the 4.6 billion rand is much lower than the 7.7 billion rand that the BRPs had initially um, proposed when they were asking for funding from, or further funding from government after the 5.5 billion rand. Um, ran out to restructure the airline. And one of the problems that we've seen with SAA over the years is that it's been undercapitalized. And it does not look like the BRPs have taken sort of a long-term view as to the cost of running the airline. Even they themselves say in the draft that they cannot reliably estimate the financial forecast for a post-COVID-19 environment. So one can possibly sort of look at it as a mishap or maybe even that um, a sign that they're confident that they might be able to get a huge ca- um, cash injection from a strategic equity partner soon. And they do get into some of those details about mm. um, equity partners that are hang- um, waiting in the wings. Let's talk about the roots. I mean, I, mm. I think a lot of the operational conversation in the last few years or so, um, when it com- comes to our national carrier, has been about uh, what's needed uh, to turn around two things. The first one is, uh, you know, restructuring of some of the loss-making routes and maybe unlocking mm-hmm. more profitable routes inside the country, in the region, and maybe internationally as well. And mm-hmm. I guess then the second issue is uh, also relates to uh, the ownership structure of the existing fleet. I mean, I know, uh, I think the airline only owns two of, um, you know, the numerous uh, uh, um, 
mm. you know, uh, uh, planes that they have at their disposal. And uh, maybe that also presents its own risks uh, or it frees up cash flow, I guess, depending on how you look at it. Yes. Uh, wh- what are some of the things that the business rescue practitioners are suggesting from an operational day-to-day perspective? Because a lot of what has been made in the media and in many reports is about what's happening on the balance sheet. But uh, I'd also be mm. interested to hear what, what's happening on the expenditure and the income side of things. I mean, um, they do put a breakdown of the different um, routes and how much that they contributed towards revenue um, in the 2019 calendar year. For example, the international market contributed 57% of um, revenue to SAA, but the losses for the financial year were about some 3 million rands. The regional market contributed 29%, and the route losses were 315 million. And the domestic market presented 14% of um, revenue and the root losses there were over 800 million rand. And as we saw um, earlier on in the year when SAA cut their roots, a large part of those roots that were cut were in the domestic um, area, leaving them with mainly the Cape Town um, Mm. route from Johannesburg. So now moving forward, what they propose is that... there have been a couple of developments since um, they've made the decision to cut those routes, such as having been able to renegotiate um, some of their lease contracts. So, and for a company who leases a large contingent of their aircraft, so this is significant in terms of saving costs. And with the proposed retrenchments that we're going to see um, in establishing this new airline, that will also then reduce costs, meaning that the operational burden in some of these routes won't necessarily be that much. So then the discussion is that maybe they bring back um, the Durban route and also maybe more frequencies to the Cape Town, Durban and Port Elizabeth routes once the airline is on sound footing and Mm -hmm. is operating profitably. And some of the routes that they also cancelled in regional destinations such as your Luandas um, and and Entebbe might also then come back as well once they're more profitable. And even a reinstatement of um, the Munich um, destination as well, Mm. only then once there is some sort of stability. But the... It it they, they it does show that you know there has been a lot of um there have been a lot of losses in these routes and even after cutting costs by twenty five percent and like reducing revenue by ten percent once the business rescue process started these routes re- remained significantly loss making but there are prospects to bring them back online once the um the entity is on more sound financial footing. Mister Zibo made a, a very interesting point earlier on saying you know you've got a, a Com Air which is in a business rescue process you have a few other uh, international carriers that are finding themselves in a tight squeeze. If mm. indeed there is some consolidation that happens in the industry, um, you know, an SAA that emerges, and, it might, and when I say SAA here, I mean it in the broadest scheme, uh, SAA, the retail business, um, but also, you know, Mango and uh, even some of the licensing uh, that they extend to the likes of uh, Airlink and uh, SA Express. Mm. What are the prospects of that uh, as, as a new sort of carrier or new a flag bearer for South Africa goes into the skies. Uh, what are the prospects of being able to compete in that space? I mean, we know Mango certainly is able to compete toe-to-toe uh, with other uh, budget carriers uh, in the South African context and within the region. Uh, but uh, what, what, what is your sense of the ability of uh, um, a new SAA or the new co, as uh, is being suggested here, to be able to compete on some of the regional and even international routes? 
I mean, I personally won't necessarily venture that far into how I would, I think that an, a new airline or a new company um, that comes out of SAA would compete in those environments because I'm not necessarily mm. an expert. Okay. But some of the um, issues that have been brought forward by the DPE and why it insists that the airline should not be liquidated or winded down and that it should continue is that, you know, the national carrier plays an enabling function in the South African economy that cannot be ignored because it's Mm -hmm. a catalyst for investment, um, jobs in certain sectors and also economic growth. And from the creditor's perspective as to why, um, I mean, not from the creditor's perspective, but from the BRP's perspective as to why um, a business rescue is a better alternative um, to a liquidation has issues to do with like um, for in terms of providing dividends in the rescue process mm. um, the higher dividends for creditors in the rescue process than in a liquidation um, a liquidation could take up to two years and this would have implications for when secured creditors would get paid and unsecured creditors would not be paid at all mm. and from a worker's perspective there's you know the obvious discussion around um, the loss of jobs um, and these will be sub- sub- salvaged to some extent should they be a new airline as opposed to a complete liquidation of the airline where all jobs would be lost. So these are just sort of the pros that have been brought forward as to why is it even under such tough um, conditions within the international aviation industry with COVID-19 and it's changing the nature of air travel um, that we cannot now just turn our backs on SAA but rather that we should find a way to... um, have a new airline emerge out of this. Mm. Last one, uh, quite an interesting one I found. I mean, I think um, uh, when we speak about creditors, we always speak of them as a sort of in broad uh, uh, and very general terms. Uh, Mm. It was quite interesting to see uh, who some of the big creditors are. I mean, we saw a bank, South African bank like the likes of Nedbank there, being, I guess, the bulk carrier of uh, much of this debt. Uh, Let's talk about, um, I guess, the the country of origin of some of the creditors that we speak about and uh, on that basis I guess the prospect of even renegotiating uh, some of the uh, se- settling of uh, those lending arrangements uh, as part of this path towards restructuring and hopefully having a new airline emerging on the other side. So the biggest lenders are naturally our big banks with um, NetBank leading with a 2.7 billion rand exposure to the airline. Um, shortly just um, coming after it is Investec which has um, 1.2 billion rand in exposure to um, SAA and you have First Rand and Absent Standard Bank thereafter. For me, I think what was really interesting was getting an eye into some of the smaller lenders that we don't necessarily hear much of mm. um, in our mainstream reporting. Um, some of the new names that came up were Ashburton, Momentum and Sanlam, who all have about like a hundreds or over just a hundred million rand in exposures to the airline. So this is sort of what we received or got um, wind of in this um in in this draft agreement and of course in terms of um SNB, APSA, Standard Bank, and NetBank. This is excluding the amount of money that these banks have also placed in post-commencement funding, which amounts in, to- in total to about two million, a uh, two billion rand rather. Mm-hmm. Tebuko, always a pleasure catching up with you, and uh, thank you very much for taking time out to speak to us. Thank you for having me. That there was uh, Tebuko Tswane. She's a business journalist uh, with MoneyWeb speaking to us this evening. Uh, For the uh, second part of our wrap of the top business stories in the next few minutes or so, we're going to take a look in our shop steward's corner at... uh, uh, the uh, teachers' labour movement. Now, uh, they've certainly been, uh, I guess, uh, very uh, uh, vigilant when it comes to uh, the uh, return of many of the members to the workplace and uh, saying that uh, 
Uh, none of their members ought to return to uh, workplaces that are not ready uh, when it comes to uh, the precautions aimed at uh, containing the transmission and spread of COVID-19. And uh, they said a few weeks ago that it would be a miracle if schools indeed started today on the 1st of June. And uh, I guess uh, that was prescient and uh, uh, time has uh, found them to be correct. I catch up with uh, the South African Democratic Teachers Union's General Secretary Mugwena Maluleke on the other side of this.